Have you been deep diving into health and nutrition and want to learn more? Up for a chat? Cindy O'Meara and the Functional Nutrition Academy present to you the Intro to Nutrition course. This 10-week introductory program is the perfect Kickstarter to help you gain knowledge, get empowered and develop a healthy relationship with food. To find out more and to get access to one of the world's leaders in nutrition, go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the legendary co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is a smooth talker himself. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, brother. Hello, brother. Going well? Nice to be here again. Yeah, going great. We are. I feel like, glo- I feel like gloating, but I won't. <laughs> no, don't gloat. You could do timestamp no. it more than anything. We are... Yeah. <laughs> Um, we will wreck the mood. We will wreck the mood. We are going to to <laughs> do an interview with an incredible soul who joined us. It's actually a bit scary to think about this, David. Joined us oh. way back in 2013 on 100 Not Out. I can't believe I'm saying that. But in 2013 <laughs> on 100 Not Out, we had the very good fortune of doing Episode one of the 39. most profound... Oh, my gosh. Is it that long ago? One of the most profound yeah. interviews on 100 Not Out. It was following the release of the top five regrets of the dying. I speak of an incredible soul, Bronnie Ware. Her books have touched the uh, touched uh, humanity in ways that um, beggar belief. Um, it has been translated in over 20 languages. Her books have reached millions of people around the world. And I am very excited to announce that Bronnie Ware has released her third book uh, entitled Bloom. I am fortunate enough to have read it. Uh, we have mentioned uh, the top five regrets of the dying countless times on 100 Not Out and The Wellness Couch. And these days, it is. Uh, I am going to do a little bit of gloating demo and say that I'm very fortunate to be a neighbor and a friend of dear Bronnie Ware because we have proximity in our lives. And despite the fact that Bronnie is not uh, proximal to us today, Bronnie joins us from Sydney, it is so beautiful, Damo, that one of the legacies of 100 Not Out and The Wellness Couch is we can do our little bit to share the incredible message of Bronnie Ware. Bronnie Ware, welcome to 100 Not Out. Oh my goodness, how do I live up to that introduction? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It is such a delight to be here with you both. Bronnie, you have just, uh, I, I don't think you have taken Australia by storm yet, which is still spellbinds me. You have taken Europe by storm. You are an absolute megastar um, internationally. You've been featured on Marie Forleo. You've been featured on the Hay House World Summit. Wayne Dyer, God bless him, mentioned you uh, regularly when he was talking from the stage. The Top 5 Regrets of the Dying is uh, just one of those profound books that so many people have resonated with, but I can only imagine, uh, and, I, and I say this truthfully, I can only imagine um, a sense of pressure um, or responsibility when it comes to writing um, a book like Bloom, which is more of a personal memoir. Before we get into the nitty-gritties of, of Bloom and, and what it's about, can you just talk about the pressure an author feels when they're, they're writing? And I know it's your third book technically, but I think um, year, your year for change is, is more um, comes out of the top five regrets of the dying. But with a book like Bloom, can you go through the, the pressure that you feel when you're putting t- together a book like that? 
Well, I, th I think because it, it came a few years after, you know, I've given myself a few years and I've, I've grown a lot since then. And because of the journey I share in Bloom, I've actually learned to take the pressure off myself. And um, so for me, it, it's really just about the most pressure I have is about finding the courage to write as honestly as I can and that is a really huge ask because what I do share in Bloom as a memoir is incredibly personal stuff. So for me, that's more the pressure than anything just to say, okay, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to write another incredibly honest memoir, then I have to do it all or nothing. It has to, it has to be completely honest. And so that there's that sort of pressure, but as far as the pressure in in following such such a big book, I as five regrets, I don't really put that pressure on myself anymore. Especially the last five years has taught me to go very gently, and hanging out with the dying people for so long also taught me to let go of what people think of me. So I I don't have the pressure that that may be perceived as as normal um, because I just. You know, all that really matters to me is that I'm living an authentic life and that I'm being very true to my work, not how how it's going to be received. Though, of course, it is lovely and hopeful that that bloom um, will reach people the way it's the way it has the potential to, because it's it's got so much to offer. But my main um, reason for writing is is just to honour my own path and to be as courageous as I can. So that's for me. That's where the pressure comes from. It's a good sort of pressure to put on yourself, I reckon, Bronnie. And um, I think everyone comes um, through different journeys. Uh, oh, actually, they go on different journeys and come back to their true path, um, I suppose, from time to time through their life. And, you know, the top five regrets of the dying, uh, for me, was a was a profound understanding of the things that I was doing in my life that I was kind of going, well, if I'm doing all these things and I'm about to die, would I be really that excited that I did it? And so it was a great reminder and a wake-up call for me. And I'm, I'm sure that it was for you and obviously your year for change. With Bloom, what was it that uh, kind of um, moved you in the direction to write a book like this in such a way? Did, did you feel like you needed to share another message? Did you feel like people hadn't really got it? Did you feel that um, there was still more for you to share that could actually awaken people? It just came through. I don't think I really um, thought about it so much, Damien. It was just something, a force that I couldn't stop. And but once it start, once the book started, I, I didn't sit down with an intention to write another book, and certainly another, not another personal memoir. Um, but I love writing, and I, I just, just straight after my father died, I took a few months off, and uh yeah and I just having a little bit of free time and and letting my audience know I was having some time off it just boom just started and I couldn't couldn't stop the flow but as it un unfolded I then realized the importance of sharing especially the message of surrender and allowing life rather than striving all the time and how it was actually a follow-on it, it was a natural follow-on from my message in in the top five regrets of the dying so yeah I think that just the call to um to share and to teach more about surrender gave me the the momentum to keep going okay Bronnie this is this is getting to the core of the message from the top five regrets and bloom I'm going to be very honest and then I'm going to ask you a couple of honest questions. I was reading Bloom on airplanes when I was doing some talks for positive real estate going from you know Sydney to, 
to Canberra and then to Newcastle and then up to Brisbane and here, there and everywhere. And I was saying to Damo, I really thought I would be able to get so much work done in my transit times um, and have all of this downtime. And I realized very quickly, and Damo informed me quite um, wisely as well, that when you're traveling, in truth, everything stops. As much as you think you'll be able to get stuff done, it really doesn't happen. And so... I, I had that awakening, but on top of that, I realized in reading Bloom that the, the power of surrender was perhaps the greatest healing ingredient in your journey. But we haven't really delved deep into what you were healing from. Can you outline, um, so that I don't attempt to tell the story too much, can you outline for people why the, 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 the power of surrender was so important to you. And perhaps if you can bring it up from just, uh, just after the birth of Eleanor um, and what happened from there. Mm, okay. Um, well, I was blessed to become a first-time mum at 45. Uh, my daughter was conceived naturally and quickly and, um, and it was, everything went really well. Um, but soon after she was born, within a month or so after she was born, I uh, started getting aches in my hands and feet that I couldn't shake. And soon after that, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And so I went into a spiral of, of decline um, with my health as I tried to heal it through all different sorts, all different modalities and got down to the point where I wasn't even confident to walk three steps on my own and I was raising a, a child. Um, I, I had had left the relationship with her father during the pregnancy and so I was actually raising a child on my own when I, I couldn't even really look after myself. So uh, I also had the top five regrets taken off at that time and, and had another book uh, and had your year for change underway so it just got to the point where where the pain that I was living in was dictating how how each day would unfold not how I thought it, it would and so every day I it was a complete surrender to whatever the day would be and to uh, give myself permission to to go with that and just to allow things to flow and so as I did I I, I just found these pockets of of wisdom and joy and blessings along the way because I stopped trying to control how it was going to be. I accepted each day for whatever it was. And it just, over a course of five years, um, where my health improved dram- dramatically after going to the, the rock bottom, I, I've i just found immense freedom in, in the beauty of surrender because it just brings, it takes a lot of courage, but it just brings so much relief because Life then gives you shortcuts to where you want to go rather than striving and trying to control every step of the way. So it's through having rheumatoid arthritis or RA, which is what it's known short for, it's through having RA that that I've actually been blessed with the gift of of learning surrender on so many levels and and for that I'm immensely grateful. It's a really great... um message the the message of surrender and and i you know in so many times in 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 our listeners lives they would have been trying to live a life that i I suppose um, made sense to them Um, particularly in the field that we all work in which is this wellness field a lot of people are really striving to have a really clean diet or they're cleaning to go drug free or they're they're trying to um you know do exercise every single day uh because you know, someone said that they should be happy all the time. Be happy all the time. You know, put put their show reel on Facebook every single day. Be positive you know, all the time. Yeah, all this sort of stuff, and and that in itself, 
um, kind of creates an internal battle. And I, I think that the use of the word surrender kind of means that it's like saying, okay, hang on a second, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lay down and die here, but I'm not gonna, you know, be trying to hold myself to a standard that just doesn't feel right right now. In that journey, did you find that? You know, given the diagnosis of RA is such a significant diagnosis, did you try and manage it in a particular way, and then realise that there was maybe another way that could have been done? And you know, and sure. did that did that kind of mirror in other areas of your life as well? Sure. Yeah, I, I had had all the pressure of the natural path that I'd always followed, and I thought that that was the way I had to heal it, and I refused all pharmaceutical medications and just went down and down and down and then my body was in such trauma I eventually went on to pharmaceutical meds and then that that gave me my mobility back and gave me so much more freedom but then it came with its side effects and so I went through a whole journey of it and, and these days I'm I'm only on Ayurvedic herbs and and it's fabulous you know and um but it's taught me through all of life that we have this ideal of, of how how we should go. So for me, it was like, oh, well, I'm going to solve this through the natural path only, through meditation, diet, positive attitude, all that sort of thing. But but it's not. It's, it's a healing journey. And the more I could actually surrender and say, well, actually, I don't know all the answers here. I better, find, you know, let this lead me rather than me try and control it. The more I realized that, uh, that you know, everything has its purpose in life and that life works through scientists just as much as it works through naturopaths. And, um, yeah, but it, it taught me on all aspects of life, just let it go. We don't have to know the how as much as the what, what we need, not, not how it's all going to unfold. Okay, Bronnie. So this is, goes to the very crux of where uh, the health and wellness personal growth industry is, in my view right now. You surrender, you start off uh, with your RA diagnosis um, on no meds, you go through the challenges, I think you went vegan or vegetarian, but that was hard in itself. I mean, some of the things in Bloom broke my brain and my heart. My heart was breaking for you reading this in that you couldn't um, open a jam, like you wanted to be vegetarian, but you couldn't even cut an orange or an apple or open a jam jar or you'd have to get Eleanor to help you with things. Um, so many of the things that you wanted to do in, in truth couldn't be done. So you don't do the meds, you change your diet, you go through this process or this journey of surrender, you then begin to um, go on the meds, which actually, in in your own words, was an incredibly an incredible gift, which doesn't get spoken about enough in health, wellness, and personal growth. It's almost like we've become so anti medicine that we almost can't even consider that that would have been a gift. But again, read the book and find out just how much of a gift traditional medication was for you. You then go through all of that process to go. All right, I don't want to be on the meds forever. Um, and I remember catching up with you in Byron when you were just about, I think, to go to India, or maybe you just come back and you were say, and you said, "Guess what? I'm off the meds." Um, mm. And and that is a major. Again, I I don't think even at the time, Bronnie, I could truly grasp how big a deal that was for you because I didn't know enough of the backstory, which you've gone through in in detail, which for me, and, and, and again, in, in the way that you answered Damien's question earlier about just how the book just came through you and how vulnerable you need to be, but you kind of almost didn't have a choice because you just felt this urge, this sense that, that, that it had to be written. But to go through the journey that you've gone through is very, um, what's the word? It's very 
it's very personal growth, but it's very anti the establishment at the moment because people think that it should only be done a certain way and you've defied the labels of what health and wellness thinks that it is today. Well, yeah, because I was in the same doctrine as well that it had to, had to go down the, only the natural path and, you know, I got to the point where, where I was just shopping, you know, I was, I was ready, I was using a wheelchair at airports and I was shopping for walking sticks and, and this is all with my determination that I was only going to go down the natural path and then one day I looked at my life and I just thought, where have I gone and, you know, what am I doing here? And I think that we have to just loosen loosen ourselves up a bit and think, okay, well, maybe like I was I was such so anti anti everything pharmaceutical and and I think that by surrendering that that opinion and and really that ignorance because I, I I'm so swayed by by the wellness world and but but when I stepped back and actually got a little bit of mobility back, then I could use that wellness and the natural world to keep going. Even the rheumatologist said to me, for someone as sick as you, you're the healthiest person I know. Keep doing what you're doing, but do it with this assistance. And that's exactly what I did. So, you know, it wasn't like I'd wasted my time. I'd, I had kept a lot of my body working incredibly well as a result of that commitment, but I couldn't do it without additional help and and I, I just think that sometimes we've just got to loosen our opinions and, and and allow ourselves to to learn a little bit more and not be so blinded I want to I want to ask you a, um, um, an awkward question uh, but I don't mind <laughs> awkward moments every now and again um, and I find myself referring to this far too often because I get into it with people that I don't know that well and it's really awkward but there's a study that I share a lot and it's a study done only on 125 men and women that shows that if they had a strained and cold or tolerant relationship with their mum and or dad, in their midlife, 91% of them have uh, what we would call a medical crisis. And it's inconvenient and awkward because one, it's a small sample size, but Two, pretty much everyone can relate to it, and I'm not. I'm not going to say that you developed RA because of the relationship um, with with your mum or your dad. But in the book, you talk about the relationship with your dad and the process you went through to heal that relationship. I would love to know two things. What difference do you think, in reflection, the relationship with your dad had either on your sickness, but also on your recovery? And two, do you subscribe to, say, the results of that research that our relationship with our parents has a lot to do uh, and, and can manifest in weird and wonderful ways in our physical health? Okay, um, the relationship with, with my dad I definitely think affected um, how I, the path my life unfolded on. Um, I do think that it hindered my self-worth a lot and that, Part of the reason I had to go through the healing through RA was to heal a lot of the nonsense that I had taken on from that, that time, from my youth. And so I did heal immensely. It went through some immense healing with my dad before he died and um, and it, it was very freeing. And um, so, yeah, it definitely influenced, I, I believe, it definitely influenced me having the disease because there was a lot of stress and a lot of suppressed feelings over the years that I didn't dare voice and um, then it got to the point where I was in so much pain I had to voice them. Um, 
And I cried in that part of the book, just so you know, just to share the 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 tears flowed halfway through oh, Bloom. Yeah, good. Okay, well then I'm, I've told the story honestly then because I was crying when I was writing it. So, <laughs> um, and the second question, sorry, Marcus, the second question is. Do, do I believe this This is... Um... Well, just what impact do you think that a relationship with our parents... Oh, no, no, you've mentioned that. Just in terms of the, the health benefits, after you had, um, for want of a better term, healed that relationship with your dad, did you notice um, the changes, not, I say, immediately, but did you have that awareness that as you went and healed relationships you know, with yourself and your dad, that you could see the benefits in your physical health as you went through that emotional journey because so many people think well if i eat better and i move better then i'll be better but often it's the other more intangible elements like our intimate relationships or our family relationships that have the greatest healing benefits so yeah the question is did you notice that as it was happening yes yeah and i yes and i think that um what it did more than anything was that i it helped me allow myself more joy and joy is a better medicine than any uh, naturopathic herb, Ayurvedic herb, or pharmaceutical med- medicine. So, for me, healing that relationship allowed more joy to flow, more fun to flow, and that in itself was was fantastic and continues to be. Bronnie, Bronnie, um, you're um, you're actually coming. You're coming on a tour with your book, aren't you? In the next um, short period of time, you're coming down to Melbourne. You're doing Sydney, Brisbane, and Perth. Um, where do people find out more information about your uh, your 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 tour, because I know that when people listen to this, they're going to want to, one, buy a book, and two, come and see you speak. Okay, well, it's uh, bronnyware.com, and there's, the tickets are available via there. We're doing Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, and Perth in May, and it's, they're going to be fun. They're going to be There's going to be a lot of deep inspiration and uh, written exercises and meditation, but there's also going to be music and connection, and they, they're really they're just going to be such beautiful experiences. We haven't even mentioned that Bronny is an awesome singer-songwriter. I listened to you. I haven't oh. told you this. I listened to you oh. going for a walk in Canberra on Spotify. Did you know you're on Spotify, Bronny? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, looked, I looked you up on Spotify <laughs> wow. and there you were. <clears throat> yeah, the first album's pretty pretty lonesome. I was listening to a lot of Lucinda Williams at the time and I thought if Lucinda can write about longing, I can write about longing. And you know, that was like 10 years ago, but the... The second album is certainly um, certainly more a storytelling. That's where the storytelling has has grown a lot in me and came out in those songs. Oh, that's beautiful. So Brisbane, May 4. I'm taking a bunch of my Exceptional Life Blueprint uh, members up to Brisbane as well. We're going to not get a minibus because we're all coming from different places, but there's going to be a clique of Exceptionals in Brisbane, uh, Bronnie. Yeah. Damo, and- Saturday, May 6 is Melbourne at the Melbourne right, Theatre at the Melbourne Museum. Um, Sydney... Uh, May 18 at the uh, Lend Lease Darling Quarter Theatre. Perth. Now, Perth will be very happy about this because a lot of people in Perth don't think that people go to Perth. But Perth, May 20. So that's a Saturday, May 20, date night, 7 till 10 p.m. for all of these events at the Maritime Museum. You've picked some beautiful venues. Um, so yeah. 7 till 10 p.m., three hours with Bronny Ware. That will be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I can't wait to see you live. Um, Bronnie, I've ne- we've had a, we've had a few smoothies together, a couple of uh, hot drinks, but a live event uh, watching you in action is very exciting. Um, listeners, one hundred not outers. If you haven't read Top Five Regrets of the Dying, make sure you get yourself a copy. We'll put links to that in the show notes. The latest book is Bloom, and the book in the middle is Your Year for Change. Highly recommend you um, have for yourself the entire repertoire of Bronnie West selections. And uh, Bronnie, as always, you're a 
wonderful part of the Wellness Couch family. We've um, had a few podcasters interview you uh, following the release of Bloom. We think it's so important that not just people in Australia, but uh, humanity as a whole um, becomes more and more enamored with your message. So thanks for everything that you do and uh, thanks so much for joining us on 100 Not Out. Oh, bless you and thank you both for the work that you're doing too. Thank you so much. Damo, as always, thanks for your wisdom. Some wonderful questions in there. I'm so glad to uh, have this with someone older and wiser than I am. You are just incredible to... <laughs> you do say that a lot, you know. No, well, like, yeah. it's true, mate. Well, you ask questions no, that true. I would not consider and I just you think are wise. That that's because that you have some wisdom and some life experience, which I don't have. So Thanks. appreciate it, as always. Um, guys, we'd love to know what you think about this interview. Go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Head on over to facebook.com if you're on the Facebook tribe, facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. Make sure you spell it all out. And to find out more about Damo, go to damienchristoph.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. And next time you're in the iTunes store to share this podcast with the world, give the uh, 100 Not Out show a five-star rating. As always, thanks for your support. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.